0: Welcome to another episode of the Curiosity and Consciousness podcast with me, Karen Maloney. Joining me on today's show, I have Eva Gaffney, who is a behavioral money coach based here in Ireland. And Eva works under the brand name of Prudence Money Penning Coaching. She's a member of the Institute of Banking in Ireland, an accredited life coach, Author, motivational speaker, parent, and tutor. She's written and co authored several best selling books that are available on Amazon and Amazon Kindle, including titles such as Financial Freedom Explained, Clear Your Clutter, Change Your Life, and her recent co author bestsellers, including We Summit Together and Activate Your Life. Aoife has worked in the financial services for many years as a financial advisor and debt negotiator. She is a wealth of experience empowering women to take control of their financial freedom. She draws on her own personal experiences to provide a compassionate, safe, supportive space to encourage her clients to change their potentially limiting beliefs around money. By understanding their current stories... Clients learn how they are hardwired around money in ways they are generally not fully conscious of. Money coaching identifies the origins of these patterns of behavior and demonstrates how to change them for personal growth. She coaches individuals, couples and businesses to cultivate a healthy and conscious relationship to money. Her unique approach to all things money is lighthearted, enjoyable and humorous. She also runs an online money coaching business, prudencemoneypenny.com, and she also teaches with the Educational Training Board in Dublin, Ireland. This was a fascinating conversation with Efa, where she shares the concept of money coaching, where our limits and beliefs around money can come from. She explains more about the eight money archetypes or personalities. She also shares some interesting introspective questions that we can ask ourselves in order to start uncovering our own beliefs around money. And she also shares a practice that helped her to shift her focus and mindset in relation to money and some of the tools mentioned in the podcast like her money tracker and the archetype quiz are available on her website prudencemoneypenny.com but I've also linked them in the show notes on my blog com. So Aoife welcome to the show I'm so excited to talk to you today and you work under your business name Prudence money, Penny Coaching and today we're going to talk all about Money Mindset. I'm very excited to
1: get stuck in. How are you? Welcome. I'm good. And thank you so much for having me.
0: Oh, thank you for joining me. I think it's going to be a really interesting conversation because, you know, we all have money and have to deal with money and have different mindsets around it. And um, I think it'd be really interesting to just talk about, you know, some of our limits or patterns that that can show up and how we can block ourselves. So you work as a money coach. So Will you explain a little bit first exactly what is money
1: coaching? Okay, coaching like any type of coaching, so coaching in its sort of broadest sense is a process of co-creation. So it's not me telling you what to do or me saying now listen you could do this or you should do that or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it's figuring out what, what the other person would like to achieve, together we sort of work out why you haven't achieved that so far, what the unconscious blocks and beliefs are, um, and then working together to come up with a plan to bring the client where they want to get to. Because if you don't know where you're trying to go, then you know exactly.
0: when you get
1: there, you will know that that's where you're, that, that was, oh gosh, is that what it's supposed to be? So money coaching uses the principles of coaching, but it works specifically with your beliefs, around money and your money stories. And your money stories are very important.
0: Mm.
1: So it's how was money talked about when you were growing up? What did your parents or your primary caregivers, what was their relationship with money? Mm. So we inherit things cellularly, so we inherit things at a genetic genetic level and we also inherit things through our environment. It's the whole nature nurture debate. Yeah. So you may have these unconscious blocks because nobody would you know, if you have a block, you make an effort to fix it. So we do, we all have these unconscious blocks that can stem from the stories that we heard growing up and or they can stem from stories that we didn't necessarily hear in our lifetimes, but belong to our parents, or our parents, grandparents mm-hmm. or even going back several generations. And that's probably the most interesting part of coaching. So, first of all, we have to you can't fix it if you don't know what it is. Yeah. So we identify it, identify your, the beliefs, and then we identify the beliefs that are serving you because it's not all negative. Mm-hmm. So we say, OK, well, yes, I like this one. I'm going to hang on to this one. And this belief is not serving me. So it's not a negative belief. It's a belief that doesn't serve you. And put a process in place to release and let go of those beliefs and then have the new belief ready to install immediately. It's nature abhors a vacuum. Yes. It's like, cleaning the kitchen table and you go, oh, that's really nice now and you're about to put a lovely big bunch of laras on it and somebody rushes through the door and puts a big pile of clutter onto it. Drops everything. So, absolutely. <laughs> if you don't have the new beliefs ready to install, those old ones will sneak back in again. Yeah. And then with money <clears> coaching <throat> as well, there's a practical element to it. So money management is easy, spend less, earn more at the end. Mm-hmm. That's easy. Anybody can do that, but the reason that knowing and doing are two different things is because our beliefs hold us back. So, once we get the sort of figure out the whole mindset thing and go, actually, you know, this is possible, Mm -hmm. it's then uh, we put sort of practical strategies in place um, to help build wealth, get yourself organized, understand uh, leverage, uh, you know, do more with less, and lots of other sort of more practical stuff. But it's hugely important to figure out those beliefs first.
0: Fantastic. Yeah. Vital, like you say, to um because like you know you mentioned as well most of them are unconscious. And like you say when yes. we don't know where we're starting from, it's very hard to to move forward. Um so how then, you know, cuz obviously coaching as you mentioned is, you know, the kind of co-creation and helping people, mm-hmm. you know, from where they are, kind of helping them explore that to where they want to go. Why is your I suppose. How did you come then to to money coaching, or you know, what was your experience, or what led you to to this area specifically?
1: Um, I've been work. I've worked in the finance industry for a long time. Now, finance and money are slightly different,
0: mm-hmm.
1: so I've worked in that sector for quite a long time, uh, selling uh, life insurance policies, pensions, investments, protection, and then I moved into the area of debt negotiation and debt reconsolidation, which Mm-hmm. Uh, this is maybe ten years ago, so things have changed a little bit since. Uh, so I was working with clients who had, for whatever reason, were experiencing financial difficulties. They were maybe in arrears with their mortgage or had some other difficulties. We put a, we'd restructure the loans, restructure the debt, put a new plan in place, and you go there. You go, put it in the box with a nice bow, and you know, so there you go. And then I was discovering that the clients were coming back to me about a year later, sometimes even six months later, uh, saying, um, "You know, that that didn't really work." or they had more debt, mm-hmm. or some of the old patterns. Oh, this is, did I not give you that nice box with a solution, with a yeah. nice box with a bow? And like, what? And I started to think about, okay, so there's much, well, for start, I was taking the power away. So I was saying, okay, no problem at all. Give me all your problems. I'll fix them. And, and, I'll, you know, and I, there was no engagement. There was no mm-hmm. process of co-creation. So the client didn't really, they weren't sort of involved in the process. Yeah. So they probably didn't fully understand what I was doing. But anyway, that's just that's how things were done. Yeah. And it wasn't right or wrong. That's just how things were done. So it got yeah. me hugely interesting. Why are people repeating the same patterns? So I thought, oh, I you know, there must be a bit more to this. So research, where would you be without Google? Uh, a little bit of poking <laughs> around on Google started to read up about money mindset, found out there was an enormous emerging field, the whole field of what's referred to as neuroeconomics, uh, came across the Money Coaching Institute in Northern California. So I trained with an amazing lady called Deborah Price. Uh, then Deborah actually came to Ireland and I met her last year, I think, or the year before. So she, which was fantastic, you know, yeah. to meet the that I had physically trained with. And then I decided to, you know, to continue on and do a few other bits and pieces. So I then trained as a life and business coach because the, the two work in harmony. Yeah. Uh, so I'm an NLP practitioner as well. And NLP plays a huge part in all areas of our life
0: yeah fantastic that's so interesting and i always find it fascinating to find how people come to their you know specialities because like that that's fascinating that you had that i suppose insight and everything as well to notice that or that awareness you know to to notice that oh god you know people were coming back what's going on there must be something bigger a bigger block going on here that it's not just as you say take the box all packaged up and um, run with it Um,
1: so that's but I also had my own um, you know I was also not practicing what I was preaching so I've had my own quite substantial challenges yeah with money so I've been in debt quite substantially in debt twice because it would appear that you know some people have to make the same mistake more than once (laughs) to learn Um, and it was when I started to I think when you start coaching, you coach yourself. Absolutely. <laughs> or, you know, you, you just do because, you know, you, you have to sort of be able to fix yourself. And to understand the process of coaching, it is quite important to work on yourself as well. Yeah. And I suddenly realized that I was repeating the same patterns and behaviors. And that came from, came from lots of things came from my upbringing, but it came from a sense of, you know, low self-worth, limiting mm-hmm. beliefs and I did this more about that. I don't want to tell too much yeah. because you have to buy the book to find out more. But it did. You know, I I have had my own difficulties, my own challenges, money, and I have been in debt and so quite substantially in debt. I was just repeating old patterns. And so now I'm very aware. It doesn't mean I don't still repeat those patterns, but I'm far more aware of them now. So if I feel that those voices are coming up again, I now know that it is just a voice. It is just a story. And I'm far better at tuning out yeah the rubbish as such
0: absolutely um and i think that is the beauty of coaching and i know from the coaching course i did as well (laughs) if i never do anything with it for anyone else it has been the biggest learning curve for myself Mm -hmm. and like that as well just to recognize and see all these patterns as well within myself and limits and like you say you know um beliefs that I held that like were so ingrained, but I was so, you know, so blind to. But then once you see them, it's like, oh, it's like everything kind of dissipates. And like you mentioned as well, um, you know, it's not that they don't repeat, but the awareness is there. I can recognize them much quicker and do something about it. Um, So that's phenomenal. So, again, relating to money as well and being able to recognize that in, you know, that area as well is is massive. Just before we go on another bit, you mentioned a book there. um, What book is that now?
1: Shameless, shameless, plug.
0: <laughs> shameless plug. Go for it.
1: Why not? So, what? Uh, so a uh, co-authored one of my co-authored books has literally just been released. Um, it released, I think, officially was available on the twenty sixth of February, twenty nineteen, which was amazing. Amazing. Congratulations! Uh, and the book is. It was fantastic. Thank you very much. The book is called "We Summit Together," as in women's empowerment, and it is all about working together and working collaboratively and being with people who support you. So the book was co-authored, and there are 14 co-authors. The lead author is Donna Kennedy, who this is her fifth bestseller. It's my second bestseller, which is amazing. Yeah, Um, fantastic. And it is all about, it's written by women, for men and women, and it is the the piece that I wrote about, probably for the first time I've ever really uh, kind of put it in writing about how I ended up in debt, why I ended up in debt, Mm. And how I got out of it, and it was much more than just uh, spend less, earn more. The end, because I needed to fix what was going on in my mind. So if I didn't heal those wounds, those injuries were just going to reappear.
0: Yeah, and And even writing,
1: yeah, keep reappearing, and even writing it. Writing the piece actually was very cathartic. Oh, I can imagine. I thought I dealt with that ridiculous belief, and you know, there it is again. Let me just get my hammer. Yeah. Um, So it it was even that process was uh, was very, very useful. So, you know, those, those beliefs, they do keep sneaking sneaking back in again. Um, but I'm far more aware of them now and I'd be much more, I'd be much faster about dealing with them and addressing them. And it's, it's not in any sort of aggressive way. There's no chanting, there's no burning, there's no wailing and moaning, and you can if you want. But uh, be, I'm far faster at recognising when those limiting stories appear. Yeah. And I can be very aware of them, recognize them, say, thank you very much, but no thank you and move on.
0: Yeah. It's that compassion element as well, I think, comes into play that, you know, when we learn all these things about ourselves and see all the blocks that we had on ourselves and the patterns and the stories, I think that's where compassion is is then as well to, you know, move through it and be like, okay, you know, it's not about sitting in it and feeling, you know, dreadful and going, oh, my God, how could I be so foolish? It's that compassion. And because at the end of the day, I believe anyway, everything is perfect for every single one of us as we move along. You know, there Mm -hmm. is a learning and it serves a purpose. So it's not about, you know, throwing everything out and going, oh, I've just wasted all this time or whatnot. No, it needed to be that way for a certain reason and to learn certain things as well. So well done in the book as well. Um, We summit together. And I know I've been at some of Donna's... um, women's events that she organizes every year. And it's just fantastic, like that, the collaboration, women coming together, helping each other and, you know, serving the bigger community. Amazing. So then in your work, I suppose, what are some of the most common beliefs maybe then that you come across that people have around money? And I know obviously it can be Mm -hmm. very individual as well, but are there some kind of common themes or the biggest obstacles that people face in their money mindset?
1: Uh, There's there's usually an underlying theme, and I only work one-to-one with women. Mm -hmm. Um, I teach money magic classes, and I do have the occasional uh, male participant, but in general, I work predominantly with women. Mm -hmm. And the underlying theme with women is that they are not enough, that somewhere Mm -hmm. along the line, and it could be from when they were at school, it could even go back several generations, that somebody said, or multiple people said, or society told them or that was the message that they received because sometimes that could be two different things yeah that they are not enough that they're not worthy they're not worth it they're not allowed to put themselves first and that that women somehow you almost need a partner to be complete and i say a man is not a financial plan Women yeah. and it would be be a witch and that's the title of my chapter. So by being a witch, you are a woman in total control of herself.
0: I love those names you're using. I love money magic, be witch. <laughs> <laughs> and then also we must come to your, your business name as well, Prudence Money Penny. I'm interested to know um behind that as well. But I think, you know, what you've touched on there is absolutely Well, for me as well, it makes so much sense. They were exactly the feelings I had underlying, you know, in coming from a totally different scenario as well of that whole not feeling worthy, not feeling enough. Um, So it's incredible. And at the end of the day as well, the two biggest fears in kind of the world in through all the, the studies and patterns and research around limits, they often when you strip them right back and get to the core, it's either the fear of not being enough or the fear of not being loved.
1: Yes.
0: It's amazing, again, how that's the underlying theme that you've come across you know, through women as well in your work and around the, the money mindset. It's just phenomenal. But again, it's like it's a process as well. Even though we know these things and may know these are the two biggest fears, we often don't relate them to ourselves at times. we are like, no, that's not it. You have to go through the journey. And like you say, the exploration and helping people to to discover their beliefs?
1: Well, I was convinced that it was just me, that I was the only person in the whole world that had the, these beliefs, that everybody else was perfect and I really was the only person that everybody else had this sort of secret password to life mm. and I didn't have it, which is ridiculous. Yeah. But when you, when you start exploring uh, with other people and other people actually feel the same and you go, okay, well, why on earth? Why are we not talking to each other. Where, why is there so much shame? And that's another part of money coaching mm-hmm. is the whole area of money and shame often go hand in hand. So if you have money, goodness gracious, you couldn't possibly show it because if you did, you would be vulgar or flashy or ostentatious. Yeah. And if you don't have any money, well, goodness gracious, you couldn't possibly show that because wouldn't it be dreadful? If people thought that you, you know, you weren't worth it or that you weren't able to do something that you wanted to do or you weren't able to keep up. So that was very, very shameful as well. So money and shame often go hand in hand. and It's very important to stress that money coaching, well, any type of coaching, but money coaching is a very compassionate, very private, Mm. empathetic, impartial process. So there is zero judgment because I've heard it all. But not only have I heard it all. But I probably, and I will challenge you, I probably have had more debt than anybody else that I've worked with.
0: Yeah. And I love that then now. And that's part of the journey of life as well, you know, through your own experiences, then being able to give back and share and to help others in that situation. And I think that's where the most powerful, that's the difference between, I suppose, some coaches who may just decide to do this as a job just for the sake of it mm-hmm. or someone who really, you know, it's, they've got the experience. They've, they've lived through it and can actually have come out the other side and can see the different patterns, the limits and then help others. How can we all, I suppose, start to maybe become aware of some of our, our limits around money or, or patterns or our
1: beliefs? Um, even taking 10 minutes and writing down on a piece of paper, what do I believe about money? And ask yourself some questions. Mm. And there's a good quiz on, on the website, uh, prudencemoneypenny.com forward slash money quiz. And you can just ask yourself some questions. Now, what do I feel about money? Sometimes it can be helpful, actually, to hold some money in your hand or to look at it or to look at something that represents money. And ask yourself, what was, how was money talked about mm. when I was growing up? How much money would I need in order for me to feel safe? And just asking yourself some sort of introspective questions. And there are no right or wrong answers. Uh, and just to sort of see what comes up. And to write. There's no judgment. Don't judge yourself. Try not to overthink it. Maybe take 10, 15 minutes and just write and free write. So it could be, a, it doesn't even have to be words. It could be a doodle. It's different people. Some people are more visual. It could be a doodle. It could be yeah. a word. It could be a big, long sentence. And then look at it and say, OK, is this serving me or is this holding me back? Mm. Can I? where do I think this is coming from? And then the best bit is you say, what belief, what would I like to believe instead? Writing that down beside it or underneath it and then taking a huge big marker or pen and joyfully crossing out, crossing out the rubbish. Yeah. There is scientific evidence to show that when we put a line through something, we're kind of ticking it off the list. And when you yeah. adapt something, it is like phew, done that, tick took tick tick that off the list. And then reading your list of new beliefs immediately and reading those regularly. So maybe record them into your phone. I use visual pop-ups on my phone to remind me to do things. Yeah. I have post-its on the inside of cupboards and <laughs> on, on the visor of my car. So when I put the visor down, you know, be uh, part of my head. Yeah, you sound like um, me. <laughs> you know, and just so I have to maybe record myself in my own voice because your own voice is very powerful. So there's tons and tons of techniques that you can use to anchor in those new beliefs. I mean, that's money coaching. That's a whistled top tour of money coaching.
0: Yeah, no, it's, it's brilliant. And I love those introspective kind of questions, you know, that you've given there as well. And like you say, it's about creating that space for yourself. And it all comes back to, I suppose, as well, a level of responsibility. Like mm-hmm. we have to take that time and take the responsibility for ourselves to sit with ourselves and find out, well, what do I believe around money? And, you know, how do I feel about money? Um, so, yeah, I think that's, that's vital. Um, and you mentioned as well, you have a great little quiz on your website.
1: PrudenceMoneyPenny.com. <laughs> so the whole, that ridiculous name actually came, started as a bit of a joke. And I, when I started writing and uh, in the beginning, I again, it was a lack of self-confidence, a lack of self-worth. And I thought, okay, I'm just going to write. All, I'm going to write this book because this, that was what I, something I wanted to do since I was about five. Yeah. I wanted to write a book, so I said, okay, I'm going to write a book. But what if it's awful? What if it's dreadful? You know, what if people discover I'm an absolute fraud? Mm. So I wrote it under a pen name. So I created this persona, Prudence Moneypenny, and I suppose she is. I'm becoming more like Prudence. So she, at the time, was everything that I wasn't. You know, her hair was never sticking up and sticking out. Uh, she always had perfect makeup. And the cartoon that, uh, that I used was based on a, a much younger, firmer image of me when I had more hair. And so she was always very organized. You know, she never shouted at her children. Her kitchen was always pristine. And, uh, she, and prudence came about because being prudent and being frugal are two different things. So being prudent is being very strategic. Being prudent is being clever, Mm. Whereas being frugal is, it kind of, for me, it implies an element of sort of being cheap. Everything is, it's, you know, it doesn't have positive connotations for me. Where prudent is, yeah, you know, I've got this. I know exactly what I'm doing and I am going to leverage the living daylights out of this. And then we decided, you know, she needed a, a last name and my son and I were watching, probably watching a Bond film. And we said, oh yes, that is well, that will be her last name. <laughs> Brilliant. So uh, Prudence Money Penny came about, and then so it turned into the brand. That I then said, you know, maybe gosh, I do actually know what I'm talking about, and people are saying nice things about me. And yeah. yes, I, you know, I, I do have, I am the money expert. Yeah. So it turned into a brand name. Uh, so it's Aoife Gaffney at Prudence Money Penny Coaching.
0: Yeah. I love it. I think it's a great name. I like that as well. Love the little story um, behind it. And again, thank you for sharing that because, oh, I just having these conversations, you know, again, it just we all have these ideas and stories in our heads of, oh, we're not good enough and I can't do this and I have to be this and I have to be that. And why is everyone else so perfect? But then actually, you know, we're all the same. And it's like just... It's time to just start being and just start, you know, following our true selves and allowing that to shine in whatever form it is. Mm-hmm. So thank you for sharing that story as well on your website as well. The, the quiz you mentioned, the great little mm-hmm. money archetype quiz. Um, so can you explain a little bit about the archetypes? I think there are eight different ones.
1: There are eight archetypes. Yes. Yeah. So, the quiz is copyright to Deborah Price of the Money Coaching Institute. So she is the person yes. who designed it. And the eight money archetypes, they're like money personalities. Mm. So it's almost if if you were to look at money as a person or your relationship with money as a person, the archetypes and, and uh, there's the fool, you know, so the fool tends to sort of be kind of happy-go-lucky, is always laughing and joking and smiling, and they maybe they don't take things too seriously. They might not take themselves too seriously, which, by the way, there's nothing wrong with that because mm-hmm. I don't take myself too seriously. Yeah. Um, but they do have a bit of head-in-the-sand attitude when it comes to money. And the victim and the martyr are quite similar, and they were the spaces that I stayed in for a very, very long time. And if you are a victim martyr, you'll have lots and lots and lots of friends. So, you know, the victim is, why does this always happen to me? Oh, my goodness, mm-hmm. you know, I'm always the person who gets overcharged for things, and I'm always the person who's taken advantage of. And, and the martyr is, and this is the, these are very common, martyr is a very common theme with women is that oh no it's okay I'll put myself last you know that's okay you have the last whatever and uh, here have this blanket have this yeah. have, have the clothes off my back and that's fine I'll have no food and I won't be warm but you can't help the poor by being poor Yeah, you, know, you can't give from an empty sack you just can't yeah so money coaching first of all we identify which particular type that you resonate most with and people can move in and out of these types in, a, in 24 hours, you can go, oh, you know, and sometimes I'd even see it myself, you know, oh, think I'm doing a bit of victim. And I go, right, OK, it's up to me because now I know it's up to me to shift myself out into something a bit more powerful, which would be maybe the magician or the warrior. Mm. So the warrior is absolutely not. I'm going to stand up for myself. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to speak up and I'm going to speak the truth. And, you know, the magician has it going on. It's when everything, you're, you're just connected. You're connected with source, whatever divine source it is that you believe in. Nothing is massively effortless. Nothing is too tedious. And you are working within your, as Gay Hendricks would call in the zone of, in his book, The Big Leap. You're working yeah. in zone of genius. An interesting little quiz, and it's free yeah. to take. And you can take it as many times as you want um and just you know it, it if you if you go oh gosh i came out as this that's fine take it again in the week and see where you're at yeah
0: i um yeah no i did it as well and it was great and it's even just fascinating to read down there's a nice little extract or like paragraph on each the the behaviors and or the archetypes and they're mm-hmm. just they're really interesting just to read through and i found it a fascinating little quiz and definitely you know what came out for me is Nearly I started laughing because it was testament to just, I suppose, the journey I've been on in the last while and the changes that I know that have shifted in my mindset Mm -hmm. um, that obviously is is translating across the board. So it's really interesting. And I'll I'll link your website as well in the show notes so people can go on and do that as well. Literally takes a couple of minutes, um, but it's definitely worth kind of Doing it and like that, it gives you an idea of of where where you're at. And like you say, it can change regularly, I'm sure. Um, but it's nice to to touch in and
1: and to see. Yeah, all it is is simply um, it's a point in time. So you are here at this point today. You will be somewhere different. Maybe you'll be in the same mindset, but it is all about awareness. And there are no right or wrongs. And it's hugely important that you just to answer the questions as you currently feel and not think, well, really, that word sounds better than this. Just follow your heart and follow your instincts. Perfect.
0: And then obviously in your money coaching that you're looking at the beliefs and the limits um, initially and then replacing them with new, more empowering beliefs. But then when it comes to actually, I suppose, work and money and how we earn money, Mm-hmm. Do you see that there's or how do you see the relationship between, I suppose, work, earning and living and and money? You know, how has it changed over the years or do you think it's changed?
1: Um, it has and it hasn't. And there's a <sighs> super, that's a ridiculous answer to that question. No, not at all. There's <laughs> a super side at the corner office by Lois Frankel. And she recently published at the 10th, at the 10 year edition rather than the 10th edition and uh, so it's like the updated version. And she said, when she was writing the book, she goes, "You know, gosh, this is amazing. It's it's updated a bit, you know, because women are working more in in technology." And and she says, "You know, why I wrote this book ten years ago? Yes, things have changed, but why do I why do why did I have to write the updated version ten years later? You know, are people not listening? And so it's like tuning the piano. You tune your piano once a week for the first month, and then." The piano, you know, and then the strings sort of learn where they're supposed to be. So you come back maybe once every two to three weeks. And then you can come back maybe once every two to three months. And then it's just maybe an annual tweak. So sometimes we need to hear the same messages Mm -hmm. numerous times from different sources. So whether now it's in this era of text, listen to a podcast, read a book, uh, associate with people that will support you and empower you, maybe you need to go to a seminar. So I think sometimes you do need to hear the same message numerous times and in different formats. and it's I don't think you can ever stop learning. So it's just it's these constant adjustments and every time you get we're always getting to new levels. We'll get to a new ceiling you know and even with our income, we'll go okay, so this is the amount I now feel comfortable earning, whatever that amount is. And then you'll find that you might stay at that level for a while and go, oh, you know, this is my new ceiling. I now need to do some more work on myself to get through that ceiling. Yeah. It's constantly figuring out your own blocks because you know the the blocks will those pesky blocks, they just keep sneaking back in again. Kind of being very aware of where you're at and saying, Okay. Is this where I want to be? Do I want to stay here? Do I, you know, do I want to grow? Am I willing to grow?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And how, how can I get myself to the next level? And by the way, next level, it's not, it's not coming from a place of sort of masculine aggression, of chest beating and, yeah. uh, right, okay, so to get to the next level, I need to get up an hour earlier. Absolutely not. It's about, okay, so how can I do more with less? Because I I really, really love no extra effort because I'm an inherently kind of a secretly lazy person. Um, So I like no extra effort. Mm -hmm. I like, there are are two ways to make money. You can work for your money or you can make your money work for you. So it's understanding the principles of how to think like a wealthy person and just think a bit more strategically, think a bit more laterally. It's hugely important that you surround yourself with people who are on the same page, who will support you and empower you. Yeah,
0: so much of what you said there makes so much sense. And I love how you said that in order to, I suppose, push past the ceiling, you know, the level where you're at, if you're ready to move up to the next level, you know, you have to work on yourself. Um, And I think that's vital. And I think it was Jim Rowan Mm. who said, you know, your level of success will be determined by your level of personal development. I'm probably not quoting that exactly, but Mm -hmm. as in it's not about, you know, if you want to get that next level, like you say, doing more, spending longer in the office, working harder, you know, putting in extra hours. That's not necessarily always the way. It's about working on ourselves, making shifts within ourselves to then maybe see a new perspective or to do something else that may suit better at that. So, and then no extra effort, um, I think, is great as well. And definitely, you know, vital again for this time because I just see, you know, just more and more people are just burning the candles on both ends and working longer hours and more stressed out, you know, trying to push, push, push. And often, like that, it's about coming back to ourselves and doing that work in ourselves first. And then that can open up um, yes.
1: new opportunities. I mean, if, if, you, if you want to, if working hard makes you happy, then mm-hmm. I'm not going to say, well, you know, what are you doing? Yeah. And if, if working very long hours also makes you happy or maybe it, it's, a bit, it's a bit quieter than your home life, then absolutely yeah. fine. <laughs> there, are no, there are no rules. There's no right or wrong way to do things. But if the work that you're doing is not serving you, and I'm using work kind of loosely, mm-hmm. if the work that you're doing is not serving you, if it doesn't sort of make you leap out of bed in the morning... And if it's taking time away from thing, from other people, that you, or or it's not fitting, it's not in alignment with your values, mm-hmm. then maybe there is another way to do things. So in part of the coaching, we look at how you can work for money and how you can make your money work for you. We also look at developing streams and multiple streams of passive. Yeah. Um, so earned income is where you get out of bed, you know, do your hair, brush your teeth, uh, Yeah hurl yourself out the door and passive income is you earn the money whether you get out of bed, do your teeth or not.
0: Yeah. And I suppose that's that's the difference between, well, even Warren Buffett as well, the world's most successful investor. Mm -hmm. He was quoted years ago saying, find a way to make money while you sleep or you'll end up working until you die. Um, And he's there, he's talking about passive income streams. So talk to us a little bit about passive income streams or having multiple... Multiple, multiple streams. streams of passive yeah.
1: income. And even multiple streams. It doesn't necessarily have to be passive to start yeah. out with, but certainly multiple streams of income. income. But Warren Buffett um, only invested in things he understood. And that's hugely, hugely important. So it's not about this investment is better than that investment. If you don't understand it, mm. either ask more questions or don't do it. So passive income, uh, and there's heaps of ways of earning, of earning passive income. So you could write a book. In fact, I think I might have. <laughs> uh, but all the proceeds of this book are actually going to, they're going to the Christina Noble Foundation. Fantastic. Um, write a book, write a book. You could, um, uh, affiliate schemes is a super mm. way of passive income. So you use a product or service and you love it so much that you recommend somebody. And if they purchase that product, you then benefit as long as you're up, clear and upfront that it is an affiliate scheme. Um, there's multi-level marketing. That's ju- that's just a business model. Uh, you could purchase a property and rent it out. Mm. That's um, relatively passive income. You know, you could invest in stocks and shares. You could invest in a in a managed fund. But again, if you're going to invest in something, just make sure you understand it. And yeah. there's a list of questions in uh, in the We Summit Together book about questions to ask yourself. About if you're going to get into something, there's a whole big list of, of questions. It's not about uh, right or wrong. It's just uh, do I fully understand it and do I know when I want to get out and can I get out?
0: Yeah, no, yeah. that's great. And thank you for explaining some more on the passive income or the the different multiple streams that a person could have. And I think definitely, you know, it's it's like it's like everything diversifying, not putting all your eggs in one basket. Either at the end yeah. of the day, because the I suppose work is changing and how we've worked. Um And even if you look at technology and robots and, you know, at the end of the day, we don't really know what will happen. So I think it's always good to to plan and prepare and have have some other options and, and streams like that open if it feels right for you.
1: Absolutely. And it doesn't have to be this or this, you know, mm. would you like beef or salmon? Oh, can I have them both? Uh And often we are feel that we have to make a choice that if I, choose option a then I have to compromise with option B mm. so you could have a job and a side hustle and a side hustle is I don't know maybe you you you've written a book you, you've written a song you rent a property so it mm-hmm. can be this and this yeah and having a having a, a an additional income outside of your earned income can also help you decide if maybe being an entrepreneur is for you so it can allow you sort of test the waters and say Mm -hmm. actually no it isn't I like um, trading my time for money or I can say well absolutely yes I absolutely love what I do this is in alignment with my values and I'm going to transition so it doesn't have to I'm not a huge fan of massive leaps of faith I like small incremental changes
0: yeah but they make the most sense at the end of the day like like you say because it is possible to to try these other things as well around all the all the other bits that are that are happening in in a person's life but that's um you know the whole gig economy i think it's known as now as well is on the the up it's it's growing exponentially that kind of micro entrepreneurship where people are starting little side gigs or um you know dipping their toe in the water on the side or a home based business alongside their their you know, full-time job or earned income. Um, it, it
1: doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be one or the other. And yeah. some employers, not all, but some employers are even recognizing that if an employee has this entrepreneurial streak, that maybe they could apply those principles to do their job ten mm-hmm. times better. So yeah. I love win-win situations. I don't like this or this. I yeah. love win-win. I think sometimes it's quite masculine energy to go, well, I'm just going to rip off the sticking plaster and I'm going to give up my job and I'm going to start my own business. I mean, boy, I'd, I'd be, you know, my, I would probably have a heart attack. Yeah. So I quite like small incremental changes, but sometimes we are hurled into the unknown, maybe through redundancy or mm-hmm. lots of other sort of situations sometimes where you are hurled into the unknown. So it's another hugely important reason to have multiple streams of income Mm -hmm. so that if something does if one leg of the table does fall apart that's okay you can put another leg in there or there are other supports in place
0: yeah absolutely it's that kind of i suppose planning prep future planning just like you say to have those different legs in place that you know if something because life does always throw curveballs like we have yep. absolutely no idea what what tomorrow will bring for any single one of us. Nope. Um, so it's having that that preparation, which again, by, you know, I'm sure doing all these this work on beliefs and around your your money coaching and everything, they have knock on effects for your life as well because your your beliefs or your limits um, or the patterns can often like that they're so much deeper that they can be affecting other areas of your life as well so you know by doing the work as well you're kind of your future not future proofing yourself but you are giving yourself that kind of extra space internally within yourself as well to be able to deal with kind of life's different curveballs
1: it's building it's building resilience Mm. it's building coping strategies but it's also building the next generation of stability. So it's it's not passing on or making a conscious effort not to pass on our limiting beliefs to our children. Now they, they'll have their own limiting beliefs, but it's being aware that, okay, so I was became aware of my own beliefs and my son is a master manifester and has all, well, he, he has very few limiting beliefs around money. So he's quite creative and quite lateral thinking. Mm-hmm. And he uh, was for school. He had to, they had to dress for the job that they were aspiring for. And so his friends all went in in you know, suits and ties and looked like they were being strangled. And he went out the door in uh, combat and a leather hat and binoculars. And I said, what, what are you doing? Love. And he said, well, I'm going to be an explorer lion tamer. <laughs> said, oh, okay. And I said, well, you know, all right. And he said, because I don't need a job. I don't want a job because I have an investment portfolio. And I said, okay, yes, he is truly. He is truly my son. And yes, he does <laughs> have a portfolio that, that I manage on his behalf. It's yeah. not currently at the level that I'd like it to be at. But I was so happy, so happy with him that he was following his own dreams. We haven't bought the lion yet, so we we might uh, maybe just leave and just (laughs) stick with the exploring. Um, But he is aware that money can come from multiple sources Mm. at the same time.
0: Yeah, um, that's vital. And that's even something that, you know, Robert Kairosaki in his book as well, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, talks a lot about how... for the most part, a lot of us are financially illiterate and he's kind of talking about that aspect of it as in there are so many other avenues out there. Um, you know, it's not just the one earned income, you know, from your job or nine to five or whatever, um, that there are so many other possibilities out there in that. And it's not just about then how you make your money, but also how
1: you keep it. <laughs> a big fan of Robert, Robert's books. I find him a fraction aggressive I prefer his wife's books, yeah. and him Kim Kiyosaki, because men and women are fundamentally different yes, um, which is one of the reasons that I work predominantly with women, so any of the books that I recommend um are written by women for women because it's a it's a different energy, so women in general and being very prefer sort of small incremental <laughs> upgrades upgrades where men tend to be a little bit more aggressive and quite like. Uh, you know they'll they'll use margin or they, you know they'll they'll they will use the law of the lever quite extensively but again it's about doing what you feel comfortable with and also doing what you understand if you don't understand something ask mm. more questions yeah so true
0: for everything um, oh it's been such an interesting conversation and I'm I'm curious to know then as well I suppose how or any advice for people at the moment on how they can maybe start managing their money better? or What kind of things
1: do you do? Um, what I started to do was a fundamental shift for me was, is money management is often right. Let's make a budget and stick to it. Okay, well, if you have no parameters, then that's quite difficult. So and often budgeting can be just looking at what you spent and then beating yourself up instead of planning ahead. So if you consider your money as like a naughty child, so you need to say, right, money, this is this is the time I want you to get out of bed, and then I want you to brush your teeth, and then this is the time I want you to go to bed. And if you don't do those things, there will be consequences. Mm-hmm. So by putting boundaries in place and by almost giving money a personality, it allowed me to talk to it and to say, right, you know, these are the rules. This mm-hmm. is how we're going to do things. I am now in control, and you no longer have control over me. And so instead of starting with my micro-analyzing my expenses and then beating myself up, I decided to take a slightly more esoteric approach to things and energy flows where focus goes. Mm-hmm. So I decided to shift my focus to everything that was coming into my life. And there's a tracker, a free tracker on the website, com forward slash tracker. And so every day, and you can use a spreadsheet, a notebook, back of an envelope, doesn't matter. The the method doesn't matter, the action does. Every day I'll record all of the money that comes into my life. And it could be a coin on the ground. Mm. I've actually the last three days I found oh. twenty uh, two euro and six cents. Oh wow. could uh, come coins on the ground, it could be money that hits my bank account, it could be somebody would hand me cash, people are 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 giving me cash for the the odd book sale. Could be anything. So, any money that actually physically comes into my hand or into my bank account. And this is, by the way, this exercise is between you and your conscience. It's not mm. between you, your accountant and the revenue. Yeah. And then I have a second column that records the value yeah. of something. So, I had a meeting today and the other person paid for coffee. So, I'm, hooray, I will put three euro on my value column. Mm-hmm. Or if I go to the library and they have a bookshelf outside and they have lots of free treasures. And I abscond with all the lovely, all the lovely free books. So if I was to go out and buy these books, how much roughly would it have cost me? And it just, again, it doesn't matter. There's no rules. It doesn't matter if it's right or wrong. It's just about shifting your focus. Or let's say you get, uh, with your loyalty card. You know, they like 10% off or free this or free that or it doesn't matter, free sample from the nice lady at the counter in Debenhams or it doesn't matter. So, you know, if you were to go out and buy this thing, what would it have cost you approximately? And then I suddenly realized, gosh, there's far more abundance mm-hmm. and I'm using abundance quite loosely flowing into my life than I ever even noticed. Yeah. And once I did that, it got me out of the whole poor little me, victim, martyr mentality. I thought, actually... You know, I'm I'm doing pretty well. So then when I went to do my, and I, I don't use the word budget, when I went to do my personal financial plan and my wealth building plan, mm-hmm. I wasn't coming from it from the place of frugality. Yeah. I was coming to it from a place of prudence and abundance. So instead of, and it is where most people start, they go, right, that's it now, beans on toast now at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, and that's, okay, turn off the light, you know, stop boiling the kettle, so Shift your focus to everything that's coming in before you tackle what's going out. Powerful. Yeah. And that's, if you tell your money where you want it to go first, it's far less likely to run off and do its own thing.
0: Yeah. Powerful advice. And again, it's just, you know, like you mentioned, focusing on the abundance as opposed to the lack. Um yes. Always. Every time focusing on the abundance instead of the lack, because when we start tuning into that and that whole gratitude space as well, we realize just how fortunate we are and how much we do have Um, that often when we're so focused sometimes on the lack or what's missing or what we don't Mm -hmm. have, we just miss it completely and don't appreciate it. And again, like you mentioned, you know, that's where then your energy is flowing Um, because attention goes where energy flows. So if you're focused, focusing on the lack, that's where all your energy and kind of what you're emanating and radiating out is that energy of lack. Whereas then, like you say, by shifting your focus into all the value and what's coming in and all the little bits and pieces, they actually add up to incredible abundance. Um, so that's really,
1: really powerful. And then sometimes I play a game with myself. I go, right. I'll set myself a target and go like, how much can I manifest? And by the to manifest just means to make real. Mm-hmm. So how much... Or what can I manifest for myself today? So I think I'm going to manifest coffee or I'm going to manifest lunch or Mm. something or a book or or it doesn't matter. And it is a game that I play with myself. And sometimes gratitude can come from a place of martyrdom. You know, here you go, have that slice of burnt toast. And you know what? You should be grateful for it. And that's not the type of gratitude that I'm talking about. Mm. It's gratitude from a place of, of how did I get to be so lucky? You know, Mm. how? did I get to be how did I get to have so much abundance in my life so asking your mind an inquiring question will automatically push your mind into google mode so it will do everything in its power to go and find the answer to that question if you phrase your question in a positive way then it'll go out and go I better find ways now to to prove to her that she does feel lucky that she does feel wealthy she does feel abundant
0: yeah it's fantastic and that is Well it's the law of kind of attraction as well and when we show up and start playing the universe is there to support us and to help us to manifest everything that we want but again like you say what we want and what we desire and whatnot comes from knowing ourselves first and having those introspective questions at hand.
1: In the the law of attraction is it is amazing absolutely amazing but however at some point you have to do your own press-ups. So mm-hmm. I can visualize and visualize having Michelle Obama arms until the cows come home. But <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> until, until I actually do my own press-ups, lift that, yeah. cow, you know, do show up, nothing is going to happen. So visualization is incredibly powerful. But at some point, you actually do have to take inspired action. Absolutely. So this is what I want to achieve. How am I going to get there? Is there something I can do today that can move me closer absolutely
0: yeah nothing nothing's just going to magically land we have to show up and do the work and you know again take responsibility for ourselves
1: and i also <laughs> like no extra effort, effort. yeah and that's brilliant the coaching when we move kind of further through the, the coaching process uh, i am the queen of no extra effort
0: fantastic yeah i agree with that as well it is just vital and again You know, and it is possible, you know, getting into that kind of flow. I suppose the path of least resistance and everything as well. It is possible to get there. I know for me personally, it took me a lot of work (laughs) to get to that place. But then once you're there and, you know, you have this awareness and kind of, you know, are showing up for yourselves and have that level of responsibility. It is the no extra effort and it can be very fun
1: and entertaining. It can. And (laughs) especially if there are other family members as well we can't change other people much as we might like to but we can lead by example Example. absolutely
0: yeah and everything does have a knock-on effect um so Aoife the time is just flying away. And honestly, it's been such an interesting conversation that I've thoroughly enjoyed. And thank you so much again for joining me today. I um, like that Prudence Money Penny Coaching. And I'll link your website and your Facebook and all that in the show notes. Um, any parting words of advice? I know you've given a lot of information, but yeah. do you know it's just
1: stand up, speak up, and speak the truth. Yes, And so if something doesn't feel right, or you think, I don't really understand this, or I think that might have cost more than I thought it was supposed to cost, just say it. Absolutely. So say it. Exactly. What's the worst that's going to happen? Yeah, the worst that can happen is that the person goes, oh, right, terribly sorry, I made a mistake. Or they go, actually, no, this was correct because blah, blah. you go, right, okay, great, thanks very much. Yeah. You know, know, there's no drama. The world doesn't end. Yeah. Uh, Particularly for women, stand up, speak up and speak the truth. Absolutely. and surround yourself with people who will support and empower you
0: <laughs> love it love it love it thank you so much and i wish you every success um, on your journey and in your work and with your projects and your books and everything that you have going on for you thank you
1: so much karen it was great
0: thanks for tuning in to another episode of the curiosity and consciousness podcast with me karen maloney be sure to like subscribe and share the podcast if you have enjoyed it and also pop over to www.karenmaloneywellbeing.com and click podcast for all the show notes and links.